What's up, everybody? Welcome to Not Your Average Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG. We got a full slate here set for you on this podcast today. Um, We're going to jump right in and start with some news. Um, This past weekend in Chicago, they had a very rough weekend of violence. Over 50-plus people were killed in Chicago this weekend. And we're going to... Uh, jump a little on yesterday's podcast and say, reiterate that we all need to come together and love each other and not let these types of things happen, especially in a huge city like Chicago. Band together, love each other, support each other, make sure that these things don't happen. We'll leave that there. Um, so the best run in Jeopardy history, well, besides Ken Jennings back in the day, James Holzhauer's Jeopardy run came to an end last night on Jeopardy. He made just a little under two and a half million dollars during his 32 game winning streak. And that's, that's just incredible in and of itself. I mean, 32 games. I mean, Ken Jennings' record was 74 games over two and a half mil made during the show. But James did it in 32 games. That's freaking impressive. Not going to lie. But, and also a little side note, Alex Trebek said he's in remission of cancer, so... Always good to hear that. We want to, I mean, in near remission, excuse me. We always love to hear that. Glad to see that he's getting better and going to keep being the host of Jeopardy for as long as he can be. You got to love it. All right. Now to our sports topics for the day. We're going to start with um, Kawhi Leonard suing Nike over the use of his claw logo. And on this one, I'm siding with Kawhi. Even if Nike did create the claw logo, I think Kawhi should be the one to have total control over using the logo. It's his logo. It's his brand. He should be the one that has total control over it and be able to do whatever he wants with it and make as much money as he can with people that want to buy his stuff. I mean, it's with his, or with his logo on it. I mean, Nike should just give up the control of the claw logo in my opinion. And it's, I, I, I just think Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if he's going to win this in the end, but I I'm I'm definitely siding with Kawhi on this one. He needs control over his logo, and that's a fact. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Now on to a little NASCAR, since I forgot it yesterday. Kyle Busch won at Pocono this weekend in the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series. Is it just me? Or do not a lot of people like Kyle Busch? Like, 
I don't know anyone that actually likes Kyle Busch that follows NASCAR. I mean, I think we just get tired of his attitude and we get tired of him winning all the time too. It's it's really just insane how much this guy wins. And he doesn't just race in the Cup Series, although he's I think he scaled it back a little bit, but he I mean he races Truck Series and the Xfinity Series too. But uh, it just it just it's not fun to watch Kyle Busch win races in NASCAR. It's just not. And I I just don't know what to do. I, or when I'm watching races now, it just does it's just not much fun anymore if I'm being quite honest with you. Next um bit of news to the NFL. We uh Roger Goodell yesterday said that four preseason games isn't necessary. And this might be the best thing I've ever heard come out of Roger Goodell's mouth. Not going to lie. We don't need four preseason games. It's too much. Just look at the fourth preseason game every year. Literally none of the starters start. It's literally all backups so they can get time. It's not, Basically, it's not fun to watch for anyone. I mean, preseason anyway is not fun to watch, but four preseason games is just too many. We don't need that many games to get the season started and get the season rolling. We have plenty of training camp. We have plenty of practices. Four preseason games can lead to more injuries down the line or lead to more star players getting injured in the third or fourth preseason game. Now, I personally, I think two preseason games is good enough, personally. But four preseason games is definitely too much. And Roger Goodell, kudos to you for finally saying something right that people might actually be able to agree with. I mean, amen. To, I mean, this is my this is a great thing, I, in my opinion, and I'm glad you finally said it. Now let's see if everyone, if the league and the NFLPA can get together to put this in the new CBA that's coming up soon. I believe, not entirely sure when the uh, CBA runs out. Um. Oh, look at that. All right. And look at that. Um, first article I look to try to look at when the CBA runs out is the next CBA likely to bring two extra games to the NFL football season. So we're going to – so in other words, Goodell wants to take away two preseason games and add them to the NFL schedule for an 18-week season. That's dumb in my opinion. I think it should be two preseason, 16 games, regular season. But I'll leave that for the NFL and the NFL PA to decide. That's that's up to them. They're I'm not the one making the CBA. They are. Col- collective bargaining agreements have been 
known to cause some discrepancies in the past, lockouts and what have you, but we'll leave that alone for now. On to a little soccer now, since I for- also forgot to put that yes- in yesterday's podcast. Um, good luck to Timothy Weah and the under-20 U.S. men's national team at the under-20 World Cup today. They take on France in the under-20 World Cup round of 16 at 11.30 Eastern time on FS2. Be rooting the boys on. See if they can't shock me, in my opinion, and take down France in the round of 16 because France is always a heavy favorite in pretty much any soccer that I've ever watched. But. If anyone can take down this France team, I think this men's this under-20 team has the talent to do it. Now, that being said, I don't know if they will do it. But, you know, I, I think they can give them a run for their money. That's definitely for sure. Bouncing off of that, a Women's World Cup preview, since that starts in three days. You know I'm excited for that. Some of the favorites coming in, the U.S. as usual with their three World Cups coming in. France, since they are the hosts, of course. They're expected, and they're a good team (laughs) as well. Uh, Germany, I can't tell you how awesome it was to watch the women's, the U.S. women's national team defeat Germany in 2015 at the 2015 world cup in the semifinals. That was a very, that was, that was a gut wrenching game. Cause I didn't know how it was going to go. And it was one versus two in the world. And it was a fantastic game. You love to see the U. I mean, I just love seeing the U S come out on top. Always my girls, Alex Morgan, always number one in my heart when it comes to U S soccer. That's that's for sure. Since I have a Alex Morgan jersey, um, and England is another favorite for this Women's World Cup. I'm not entirely shocked by it. I mean, the odds makers have them four as the top four favorites to win the World Cup, but I think they left out a couple. I know Japan has been rebuilding, and since the 2015 World Cup, where the U.S demolished them thanks to a Carly Lloyd hat trick in the final. They're young. I know Japan's young. But if they can get the if they can get themselves together, I think Japan could pull off a run in this tournament as well. I mean it just depends on the matchups. You never know. Um another one, Australia. I mean Australia is very dangerous thanks to their superstar, Samantha Kerr. She is an absolutely outstanding soccer player, and she's a very generational talent for the women's game. I mean, she's not the only, I mean, she's not the only great, she, I don't want to say she's the only great player on Australia's team, She's definitely the best player. They have some good pieces, too, there. They could easily make a run in this tournament as well. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to just wait 
to give a further prediction on the Women's World Cup, I do think that the the U.S. is going to win their group and get out of the group stage. That's that's not going to be a problem for the women's national team, the U.S. women's national team. That's not going to be the problem. The problem is possibly facing France in the quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be tough. I, that matchup should not be in quarterfinals. J- j- just saying. I know, I know the draw was a long time ago now, but I, it's it's it is what it is. I guess can't help it now. But anyway, on to the UEFA Nations League finals preview. So for this, we have. This starts tomorrow, and if you didn't follow the UEFA Nations League, it's actually a pretty awesome tournament. CONCACAF, the one which U.S. soccer is under, is also decided to start a tournament like this in the fall, and I'm excited for it to see where it can go. Now, tomorrow, we have Portugal versus Switzerland at 2.45 on ESPN2. Personally, I don't get uh, since Port uh, Portugal is also hosting this these semifinals and finals or in semifinals third place match and the final. Personally, I don't give Switzerland much of a chance in this game. I think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to take care of business and in their home country and send Portugal to the final, sending Switzerland to the third place match. Both of these will be on Sunday. Now, Netherlands, England, England, England just has too much firepower not to win this game. I mean, Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world right now. He doesn't get, he doesn't always get the praise that he deserves because, you know, Tottenham Hotspur and England, two teams that can't find success when they get to a certain stage in a, tournament or in the Premier League or in the World Cup. But in the third, I I see England beating the Netherlands, beating the Dutch here. And so that would set up a third place match of Switzerland-Netherlands, which I would give to the Netherlands right now. And a final of Portugal-England. Which I actually would, I predict England will upset Portugal in their home country in the final on Sunday. Harry Kane, I don't think he's going to get the game-winning goal, but I think he's going to have a huge impact in that game. Watch out for this England team. This England team is going to be good for a while. I just want you to know that now before you just discount me for this. They're, they're, England, England's going to be good for a long time. You hear, hear that now. All right, so I forgot to wrap up the Europa and Champions League finals from this past week. So in the Europa League final, Chelsea destroyed Arsenal 4-1. to Eden Hazard... Scored two goals in his last game at Chelsea because everyone assumes he's going to Real Madrid, which in all likelihood, 
he probably is. But, you know, that's a topic for another day because I really would not like to see him at Real Madrid as a bar as a FC Barcelona fan. But Chelsea just dominated Arsenal from the get-go. And what and a little side note to this, seeing the young US star Christian Pulisic going to Chelsea I'm excited for this Chelsea team next year. I'm not going to lie. Chelsea, this may have a little bias. I may have a little bias because I love Pulisic as a player. But, I mean, I don't, Pulisic doesn't make Chelsea great enough to automatically challenge Man City or Liverpool for the Premier League title next year. But I do think that Pulisic's coming. Pulisic coming in does give them a very good attacking option that can lead them in the Champions League next year since they qualified by winning the Europa League. I'm like I said, I'm very excited for this Chelsea team. I'm excited to see what Pulisic can do on the on basically the biggest stage that he could possibly have in soccer besides the World Cup or literally anything for the U.S. national team. I try, I, I mean, I re, in, a, in all, I really wanted a Pulisic jersey too, and I'm sad that I didn't get one, but maybe, maybe the time will come when I can get one. I mean, just watching him play for the U.S. and Borussia Dortmund, it's going to be exciting for Chelsea fans, I think, for sure. The Champions League final, on the other hand, Liverpool defeated Tottenham Hotspur 2 to nothing. Mo Salah's penalty in the second minute because of a handball in the box proved to basically be the difference because Liverpool didn't score again until the 87th minute to put it away. Divock Origi just said, we're done here. We're done playing around. 2 nothing Liverpool. We won the Champions League. We're the champions of Europe. And I think this is rightly deserved. My my Barcelona lost, gave up a lead, a three nothing lead to Liverpool in the semifinals of the Champions League. So I think Liverpool rightly deserved that champ that Champions League title. And I mean, to do it in Atletico Madrid's stadium, that's that's even a little. I mean, that's a little nicer for me even too, because I love Jurgen Klopp as a coach. Jurgen Klopp is freaking amazing to watch on the sidelines. It's it's it, he's and his interviews are legendary too. It's, uh, it's it's he's just a great personality to watch. It's really a joy. But enough about soccer. Let's move on to the Stanley Cup final. Game four was last night. What I tell you. I told you the Blues would come back, tie the series at two. Some a, a little a little stats for you. Um, the Blues scored forty three seconds in. I think that set the tone for the game and gave got the Blues off to the start that they needed in order to win that game. Um, 
the Blues outshot or had 38 shots on goal while the Bruins only had 23. Um, the Blues also led in hits 44 to 41. So it was a very physical game. And I can attest to that for the little bit of it that I did actually watch. Also, there were no power play goals in five opportunities between the two teams, which is good for your power play defense. And 52% of the faceoffs went to the Blues. So it was pretty even for the, on faceoffs for the most part. Um, I'm satisfied with my. I know I didn't say it in the podcast yesterday, but in my head I was saying the Blues were going to beat the Bruins four to two, and I told my roommate that. And you know, it's it's sad that I don't have it on tape, but or in a recording, but I'm happy that I, in my head, I got the prediction right and that the Blues have tied the series now. So at least we're guaranteed a game six in the Stanley Cup final. That is guaranteed. That being said, I think the Bruins take game five. Now, we'll come back to that on Thursday when game five comes around. I'll, I'll, I'll leave a more detailed preview there. But I'm glad that I got this Blues prediction right. Um, uh, Let's move to the MLB draft that started last night. We had the first two rounds last night. Um, So the Orioles took um, Oregon State catcher, Adley Rutschman, number one, not terribly surprising. They needed someone who could actually, you know, play ball since the Orioles are not the greatest team that's out there. They need some help, that's for sure. Um, You would think they would um, get rid of Chris Davis after this. I mean, he's just been absolutely horrid on this team. For the last couple of years, I, I don't know what's going on with him. He used to be Crush Davis, he used to be hitting dingers left and right. But, you know, something about Chris Davis has just gone to the wayside. I don't know why. And the Orioles organization as a whole have just not made the right moves. Especially getting rid of Manny Machado. I mean, I, I get it. You didn't want him. But, I mean... You're just getting rid of great players, and I don't know, I don't understand why. Anyway, I, I'm digressing again. Um, 25 high schoolers were selected in the first 78 picks or the first two rounds. Now, this creates an interesting dilemma. Do you go to college, or do you go straight to the pros, or the minor league system or whatever, wherever you're going to start and move up. Personally, I think it depends on the situation, honestly. Now, if you're like a first um, upper tier, uh, begin, more towards the beginning of the first round pick, I think you should definitely go to the pros where you can get money and develop quick. Now, 
I would say that if you believe that college can help you get better and help develop your draft stock better so that you can be able to play uh, the upper levels of minor league baseball quicker, then by all means, go for it. There's no problem with that. There's nothing wrong with going to college to further develop your skills. It's like in basketball right now. It's a hot debate. Should high schoolers have the opportunity to go to just skip college and go straight to the NBA? It just depends on the player, in my opinion. Zion definitely should not have went to college, but he did. He went to my hated college of Duke. Um, he definitely, I mean, and, and he got injured. He did. He got injured because of it. Um, but I think you, it just depends on the situation, whether the high schoolers should just go straight to the major, to the minor leagues and major league, or if they should go to college. It just depends on the player. It depends on how much they need to develop. It depends on what they need to do to get themselves right. Um, a little baseball recap for you. Last day of regionals was yesterday. Um, Louisville walked off against Indiana or Illinois state to go to the super regionals. Oklahoma state made it through Yukon. East Carolina destroyed Campbell to get through to the supers. Michigan took out Creighton. UCLA took out Loyola Marymount. And Stanford took out Fresno State. That leaves us with, here's your Super Regionals. You got the Los Angeles Super Regional between UCLA and Michigan. The Nashville Super Regional, Vanderbilt and Duke. The Lubbock Super Regional, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Louisville Super Regional, Louisville and East Carolina. The Fayetteville Super Regional between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Starkville Super Regional, Stanford and Mississippi State. The Baton Rouge Super Regional, LSU and Florida State. And Chapel Hill Super Regional between UNC and Auburn. And this, that, I mean, if I had to just quickly glance through these and pick a winner, UCLA beats Michigan. Vanderbilt beats Duke. Um, I would say Texas Tech takes down Oklahoma State. Louisville takes down East Carolina. I'm going to actually go with Ole Miss over Arkansas. Um, Give me Mississippi State over Stanford. Give me LSU over Florida State. And give me UNC over Auburn to make it to the College World Series. That's just first glance. So we're running a little low on time here. So we're going to recap this NCAA softball championship game one or the finals game one from last night. Um, UCLA absolutely destroyed Oklahoma last night, 16 to three. Now, I think this is a kid. This can this can be attributed to the errors that Oklahoma made in the third inning. They made three errors, and I think that just destroyed their psyche for the rest of the game. I mean, 
credit to UCLA's offense. They hit all four of Oklahoma's pitchers that they threw in the game. Um, and I think that's a credit to them. They definitely shut me up about was saying that their offense can get a little quiet. Um, that having been said with game, the game two tonight with UCLA with a chance to wrap up the national championship. Um, I do. I, I know I said Oklahoma, I would think Oklahoma would take it in three games tomorrow. Um, yesterday is in the podcast. I said that, but after having seen last night, I don't think there's anything that Oklahoma can do that can throw off UCLA. Um, I I just didn't see anything from. I mean, I if you take away the errors, I think it's a lot closer game, for sure. But I just they were hitting use uh, Oklahoma's pitch in too well. Um, I just see. I think UCLA wraps it up tonight and sweeps the championship finals. I don't think there will be a need for a game three tomorrow. But I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong because a winner-take-all national championship is exactly what I want to see. But I just think, UC, I think UCLA has too much firepower. I mean, I, and I thought Oklahoma would have the firepower to win this. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with being wrong. That is okay. I'm definitely all right with that. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see UCLA softball win a national championship. That's for sure. But anyway, thank you for listening today. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow with a new podcast. Hopefully, a different topic. See you tomorrow.